Welcome to the Doxology and Theology Podcast, presented by the Institute for Biblical Worship at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's right, I said the Doxology and Theology Podcast, a podcast for worship leaders who know that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. I'm your host, Matthew Westerholm, Associate Professor for Church Music and Worship at Southern Seminary and the Executive Director for the Institute for Biblical Worship. On today's episode, we are dipping into our worship resources to bring you a clip from Pastor H.B. Charles. Dr. H.B. Charles Jr. is a prolific author and the pastor teacher of the Shiloh Metropolitan Baptist Church. He is also a trustee at our Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. In this clip, taken from our 2021 conference, Pastor Charles preaches a message entitled, Your View of God is Everything. I would turn your attention to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, permit me to read verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. For I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. One of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. The word of God. Thanks be to God. Permit me to label this message a high view of God. A high view of God. Isaiah chapter 6 records Isaiah's life-transforming vision of God and subsequent call to prophetic ministry. It is arguably the most well-known passage in Isaiah's prophecy, and rightfully so. Isaiah 6 records the personal testimony of a sinful man who had a violent encounter with the holiness of God, but lived to tell about it. God 
wherever the circumstances and setting Isaiah was in, God lifted his gaze above and beyond his environment. And he received a vision of God that changed his life immediately, completely, and permanently. God the Holy Spirit moved Isaiah to leave on record this testimony of his vision with God in order to call me and you to a high view of God. No, no, no. We don't need to go about chasing after the experience Isaiah had in this vision. But we do need the exalted view of God that Isaiah had as a result of this experience. A.W. Tozer wrote, the greatest need of the moment is that lighthearted, lighthearted superficial religionists would be struck down with a vision of God high and lifted up with his train filling the temple. In the introduction of his book, The Supremacy of God in Preaching, John Piper writes about using Isaiah 6 as a pastoral experiment. He basically preached his way through the text, exalting its vision of the sovereign holiness of God, intentionally leaving out any word of application for his members. No, no practical instruction in the, in the message. The experiment was simply this. He wanted to see if a vision of God high and lifted up would be sufficient to meet the needs of his people. Not long after. He had a conversation after a service with a father whose family had recently discovered that their child had been molested by a relative. He stood there hearing the sordid details of the story. And the father said to him, these have been some of the difficult, most difficult days of our lives, but what has gotten us through is that vision of God that you preached about at the beginning of the year. It has been, he said, a rock upon which we have been able to stand. I pray that our time in this text will have the same effect on us. The bottom line of what I want you to get from our time together in this text is simply this. Your view of God is everything. Your view of God is everything. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24 says, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, and don't let the mighty man boast in his might, or the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. I repeat, 
Your view of God is everything. Without a proper view of God, you actually have nothing. All is vanity. Our attempts at worship are futile without a proper view of God. But when we see God in his goodness, in his glory, in his greatness, when God is seen from the proper perspective, inevitably, inevitably, everything else in life falls into its proper place. So in here in Isaiah chapter six, we see at least three essential elements of a high view of God. First, the Counter Isaiah records here teaches us that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. The Bible is clear and consistent that we mere mortals can't see the living God with the naked eye. John 4 verse 24 says God is spirit. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 16 says God dwells in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or can see. 1 John 4, verse 12, just bottom lines it and says, no one has seen God at any time. Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. What, what did Isaiah see? I think there's a hint in the title which he ascribes to God, Lord. God is called Lord in verse one. God is called Lord again in verse three in the song of the seraphim. But uh, if you look at your text, you'll probably see that there is a distinction in verse one. Lord is capital L, small case O-R-D. In verse three, it is capital L, small caps, O-R-D. That, that subtle distinction is the translator's hint that there are different Hebrew words being used in those verses. Lord, all caps in verse three, translates Yahweh, the personal name of God, the name with which God revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush. I am that I am. There in verse three, Lord presents God as the self-existent one. But in verse one, the word translated Lord is Adonai, and it, remain, it refers to the sovereign one. This is what Isaiah saw. Isaiah did not see God's essential nature. No mere mortal can see that, but he saw a vision of the sovereign authority of God. In fact, this is emphasized all the more in that verse one says he was sitting on a throne. And later he says, in verse number five, my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I, the, first and foremost, Isaiah saw a vision of God that made it clear God is in charge. 
God is sovereign. John chapter 12, John chapter 12, verses 39 and 40 say that the rejection of Jesus in his ministry is actually a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 6, verse 10. And then specifically in John 12, verse 41, after quoting from Isaiah 6, John says, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. John says what Isaiah saw was a Christophany, a pre-incarnate vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before his birth in Bethlehem, he, uh, uh, Isaiah received a sneak preview of coming attractions. He saw the Lord sitting on his throne, reigning in sovereign authority. The, the text doesn't define sovereignty. It describes it. Notice how the sovereignty of God is described here. First, the text says God is sovereign because God is eternal. Isaiah 6 verse 1 again says, in the year that King Uzziah died. Well, let's just stop there. King Uzziah was one of the great kings. He took the throne at the age of 16 and reigned for 52 years, longer than any other monarch of Israel or Judah. And he built up the nation politically, economically, and militarily. In fact, 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 15 explains why he was such a great success. The Bible says he was marvelously helped. I like that phrase. That's what I want. I want, I want that. He wasn't just helped. He was marvelously helped. But the rest of the verse says he was marvelously helped until he became strong. And when he became strong, God helped him when he was weak, but when he became strong, he got lifted up in pride to his own destruction. And he thought as king, it gave him the right to also operate as priest. And defiantly, he tried to offer sacrifice at the altar and God struck him with leprosy. He was not just rushed out of the temple, he was rushed out of the kingdom. And he spent the remaining of his days in an isolated house as a lonely leper. Sometime during the year when Uzziah finally died, Isaiah saw a vision of God sitting on the throne. Consider that. The throne of Israel may have been empty, but the throne of heaven was still occupied. This is what the sovereignty of God means. Every four years we have, every two years, every four years we have elections and leaders come and go. A hundred years from now, inevitably every major world leader will have to relinquish their seat of authority. But when all of the presidents, governors, prime ministers, kings, rulers, dictators are dead and gone and off the scene, God will be where God has always been, sitting on his throne. Moses says, Lord, Psalm 90, 
You have been our dwelling place through all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, ever you had created the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is eternal. Likewise, God is transcendent. Isaiah says, seems to acknowledge that there are others who sit on thrones. There are kings, rulers who sit on thrones. He said, but let me make clear. Man's throne is not on the level of God's throne. His throne is high and lifted up. This is a picture of the infinite height, if I may, the transcendence of God over all that he has created. No one is on God's level. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. We, we memorize the first part of that verse and skip over the end of that verse. Be still and know that I am God, for I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. That has been fulfilled in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, has it not? So, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and has given him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Lord is eternal. The Lord is transcendent. The Lord is majestic. That is a hard place to stop, but if you'd like to hear more, please go to our website, biblicalworship.com. Click around to find the word podcast, and you can find show notes for season two. We're happy to share with you all that we have for free. That is what we have for you this time on the Doxology and Theology Podcast. Our show is produced by Evan Jarms, engineered by Isaiah Small and Caleb Sherwood. The music is by our good friends at Murphy DX. Until next time, this is Dr. Matthew Westerholm reminding you that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. Peace be with you.